The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Pretty Messed Up on iHeartRadio. Um, hope you guys are literally the day is almost upon us. The biggest day of this year, Christmas. Is Rewind. Here. You have to introduce us like you always do. Okay, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> to my left on my screen is the beautiful, the gorgeous, the most decorative fruit cutter in the world, Miss Cheryl Burke, Cher Bear. Yes. Hi, babe. Hi. And to my right corner of my screen, I see this handsome, gray, <laughs> silver back of a man, Mr. Rene Elizondo. Silver back. Well, I don't know what else to call you, man. Like, yeah, no. So, yeah, dude, like, seriously, Christmas is like Christmas this is week. coming. Do you guys Holy have all crap. your gifts? Your gifts are wrapped? Well, look, look, Christmas for my wife and I stopped at like two years after my oldest was born because when when your kids one, they don't have a clue what the hell's going on. So two on, they kind of figure out, oh, presents and paper. If you guys were to if you were to see my environment that I'm sitting in right now, it's boxes and gift wrapping and masks. (laughs) I saw your boxes outside. It's ridiculous right now. Oh, my God, dude. Like everyone gets on me about my Amazon box problem. Oh no! Like, no. holy shit! Her box is it's way worse. Have you guys ever noticed um, during Christmas? Never mind twenty twenty. This is uh, on its own the craziest year I've ever yes. known. But have you guys ever noticed it during Christmas times? The parking lots at the shopping centers and everything. People are more aggro. Oh, totally. That's why oh, you have to yeah. do it online. That's why Amazon's the way to go. Right. And, you know, it's because I've, m- my theory is that, you know, parents are spending more than they have to make their kids happy, right? 
and it's a stressful time for a lot of people Christmas, you yeah, know, where, where they're like, how am I going to, oh God, I guess I'll worry about it next year, how I make up the money, right. you know? Yeah. And so that's kind of why I'm really interested in like Dr. Wexler coming on today. Because oh, I, yes, I, Dr. Ann know, Wexler. The, I'm always super fascinated with um, the, the psychology behind everything, addiction, mm -hmm. you know, well, traumas, yeah. all of it. You I mean, know. speaking of boxes and um, just me as an addict, you know, there's been this whole controversy, I guess, internally. So I have known Dr. Ann Wexler for many years and mm -hmm. I actually met her um, when my mom and I, she's like, I guess you can say like a TV therapist, right? So like, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, we worked really close back in the day, like over a decade ago when um, the BBC wanted to do a reality show of me and my family. And one of the scenes, I guess you can say, was my mother and I in therapy. And mm. I've always wanted to be in, go to therapy with my mom, you know. Um, and my mom had a little bit of, like, she was, she was open to it. But, you know, it's always that feeling of, like, is it going to be one-sided? Is it going to be fair? You know, right. and I have to say that Dr. Ann Wexler, she was... Um, she was great. I mean, like it was really intense, you guys. Like, I don't think, I mean, I was crying like a baby. It was mm. about two and a half, three hour long session. And it really helped because it helped open my mom's mind up to possibly continuing therapy, which was something awesome. that, you know, was needed. And just the communication is important. But, um, uh, you know, for me, we've had this, I've had this battle, I guess, since we've been talking about, and since I get a lot of questions about why I'm not in the program, right. When it comes to AA. Um, and so I've just, I keep my thoughts. I don't know if it's my thoughts or if it's like also people around me that have been around me for so many years. We've been talking lately and a lot of them majority think that I am not an addict. Um, I still think I am an addict. And I guess there's this fine line of like, okay, what's the difference between an addictive personality? I know Renee, you, you don't believe in that. Um, and versus no, being no, an addict. I do believe there's addictive personalities. personalities. Okay. I just, uh, what I don't, believe is that every single person that's super driven ends up being a drug addict or an alcoholic. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. That's, and I, yeah. I do feel like I am obsessive. I am driven, uh, but I also have trauma. You know, I, I've gone through, you know, child abuse, uh, domestic yep. violence and yep. all of that as well. So it's like, uh, I guess, I don't know. I, I, I would love a formal diagnosis, but that's not something Dr. Wexler does. However, I just would love to start the conversation, I guess. No, but I would say something to what you said because it's interesting. You just said so many people in my life don't think I'm an addict, but I, but I do. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it's really up to you. It's a self-diagnosis. It's yeah. a self-diagnosis. Yes. So regardless of if, if it's five people or 50 people, because my, my own bandmates for the longest time told me, Dude, I don't think you're really an alcoholic. You just need to like find a way to control it. All the while, I'm going, dude, but, I can't control it. That's but every the, that's every everyone's uh, definition of an alcoholic is different. Like some of people course. don't think that alcoholism even is a disease. Um, you know, they they think it's hereditary. Let's say, or there's so many ways that people think. Like if they think right. that you have to be actively drinking to be called an alcoholic, and that's also not the case. I think you just touched on a really important point, which is. There is a, 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 a real lack of understanding of what the disease of alcoholism is, right? Some people, I used to have friends that would tell me, you're not an alcoholic, come on. You know, alcoholic is on skid row drinking from a paper bag, you know, and, and that was enough for me. I would say, you're right, 
I'm not mm-hmm. because I'm drinking fine wine, so I can't be an alcoholic. Right. That's You're not, not a underst- junkie. Exactly. That's not understanding what the disease of alcoholism is. And it's also progressive disease, right? It's not something that right off the bat I was drinking alcoholically. I could have fun and spill drinks and laugh about it and da-da-da. Mm-hmm. But it's a progressive disease. And the lack of understanding of, of what alcoholism is is what makes people tell you yeah, you are you or you're, are not. you're not. Yeah. You could find a hundred people to tell you you're not. I could find a hundred people to tell me I'm not. But you know what proves it is if I have an if I have a drink today, right. I probably won't see you guys on the next podcast. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, the reason why I wanted to ask Dr. Wexler is because she also believes I am not an al- yeah. uh, an addict. So I want to get her take on it. Um, I know that she doesn't just focus on recovery or addicts yeah. or addiction, um, but you know, she falls under that whole uh, roof. So I thought, what why, I, why not? I just what, realized, by the way, if anybody could actually see. This doesn't look good from my perspective of what my arm's doing right now based on the <laughs> angle of the camera. I'm petting Renee's dog. Let's just just know that. I was wondering what that sound I'm was. Petting, I'm petting Bubbles. Is that what his, you're petting? His, Are you also petting something else? gorgeous Boston Terrier. He's petting Bubbles. Bubbles is petting him. Yes. Oh, he's, all, he's, all up in, he's all up in the mix right now. That is so cute. I know. Like in the middle of this serious conversation, I see like uh, AJ like, with a smart... Why is AJ's arm like, doing that? And, and uh, not just your arm, but you started smiling weird. Like well, it was weird. And, and a, a light note, he, Bubbles wouldn't get near you. Remember? You yeah, won him no, over. He did not... Maybe because you knew that I was still coo- like cuckoo's like cuckoo's I think it's the nail, it's the nail I'm, polish. I'm much more calm yesterday, and reserved. Yes, yesterday we had a scout day for for music video, and Nikki, our friend, who is also an editor, we we had lunch afterwards, and AJ brought up Bubbles loves me now, and then Nikki said that's because he found out you're famous. <laughs> uh, he just wants an autograph picture. Yeah, exactly. So nuts. <laughs> um, so. Yes, so we're going to take a quick break, but before we do and bring Dr. Wexler on, uh, just want to let everybody know that our YouTube is live. Go to the Pretty Messed Up playlist on the iHeart Wait, Podcast Wait, really? On YouTube to see the footage from the live virtual yeah, event. That's yeah, so let's, let's cool. Get it, but let's get it straight. We're not live on YouTube. Yes. The, the, the episode we did live yes. has been uploaded it's to been, YouTube. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's why I was shocked. I was like, thanks for telling me, no, guys. we're live right now. We are on YouTube right now. <laughs> Crap. Balls but and wieners. Yes. Just oh, quickly, God. quickly, Cheryl. So from what I know of you, from the things you've said, mm-hmm. you didn't like the taste. And when you do drink, you drink you'd like to drink to completely drink to numb out, right? Yeah. I think... You are, but that's not important at all because Dr. Wexler thinks you're not. And the only way that you will ever know is, is drinking again. (laughs) Yeah. Can you control it? I just don't want to drink again though. And that's awesome. That's, I mean, that's awesome. I actually don't want to. I can, I'd rather diamond paint. That's another addiction. Love it. Yeah. But that one won't kill you. Yeah. Have you tried sniffing the rhinestones? Well, though? no, I'm not. <laughs> no, well, that's like sniffing a magic I'm marker. It's I'm like, kidding. That's, a, that's, that's called <laughs> that's a whole. That's huffing. That's, that's a whole other huffing. Joking, yeah. joking, joking. Yes. Okay. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Dr. Ann Wexler here on Pretty Messed Up on iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, 
Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. My name is Johnny B. Good. And I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, so welcome back. Um, We have a very special guest today. Dr. Ann Wexler is a psychologist who's been working in Beverly Hills for over 25 years. Hi, Dr. Wexler. Uh, She has experience working with all kinds of people, including people struggling with relationship problems and recovery from addiction and trauma. She was the psychologist that helped kiss rock star Gene Simmons break through his commitment and fidelity issues and get married on Gene Simmons' family jewels. And that helped Tori Spelling put her marriage back together on True Tori. And that's actually how I saw. Hi, Dr. Ann Wexler. How are you? Hello. Welcome. Hi. Hello. Hi. Thank you. Look you look pretty. <laughs> Thank um, you. I actually saw her uh, like 10, 12 years ago on True Tory randomly. Not like I watched it like as an avid like. Don't watcher, lie. But <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> but I was like, number oh, one fan. <laughs> 
Well, and this is AJ, and this is Renee. Hello. Hello. Nice Hello. to meet you, Dr. Wexler. And Welcome. Thank you. And it, We're so happy thank you're you. on. I think AJ, oh, thank you. I, AJ, I, congratulations are in order, right? One year? Uh, yes, yes. Now I can say over one year, uh, technically, which is phenomenal. I mean, I, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a up and down battle for about, mm, since, two, well, since 2001. For, so for almost 20 years, I've been in and out of the rooms, um, you know, struggling uh, to piece it all together. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been telling quite a few of my friends that the silver lining in the pandemic for me is that I've been off the road. I've been home. I've been able to have a Zoom meeting with my sober friends every day since lockdown yeah. started. And it's really helped me look inward and really, really, you know, tackle or, and, and still continue to tackle the demons that have plagued me for more than half my life. So, uh, you know, if there's one yeah. good thing about COVID, that's the one good thing about COVID. <laughs> Everything else about well, COVID sucks. But. So just a little background, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, this podcast, we all came together. We have similar issues. Um, and we both wanted, all of us, the three of us, wanted to be able to tell our story about mental health and discuss mm -hmm. some stuff that may not be just, you know, maybe uncomfortable for some people to talk about, but we wanted to, you know, just get the awareness out there about mental health and the everyday struggles. That's and great. so we basically, Renee and AJ have a very close relationship. He uh, plays like AJ's mentor and best friend, bigger brother. Um, and now my, yeah. my bigger brother. <laughs> um, so Renee, do you want to tell Dr. Ann Wexler about you a little bit? Yeah. Oh, so first, thank you for coming on. I'm yeah. always so fascinated to hear a professional's point, points of view, you know? Um, yeah, I'm in recovery. AJ's in recovery. Uh, Cheryl is also, well, she stopped drinking, right? And uh -huh. it's an interesting conversation between all of mm -hmm. us all the time, you know, because I know I'm an alcoholic, right? Because yeah. once I start, I can't stop. Right. It's that simple. So the best I'm ever going to achieve is don't start again, right? Yes. Yeah. And so with Cheryl, she doesn't really do, you know, the 12 the steps. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I find that fascinating. But I know? also, I think the reason why I wanted you to come on, Dr. Ann Wexler, is because I wanted to, I do, I am interested in actually possibly starting an AA program, right? And then, but then in the back of my mind, as, you know, as we've discussed a long time ago, you know, am I even an addict, you know, and I keep going back and forth as to like, what is there? A, is there a gray area? Is there a fine line? Like what? Because I have a, also a couple of people in my life that has have been around for so many years in, in my life. And they say that I'm not. Um, but they so say you're not an addict. Take it. Correct. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I'm, I you two are in the program. So, you know, that I, I from what I understand from working with the program is um, with people in the program is that it's, you're either an addict or you're not an addict, but if you look right. at it, right, is that right? Yes. 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 Completely. Yeah. Yeah. And so like you said, Renee, you know, you know, you're an addict because once you drink, you can't stop period end of discussion right. and you need yeah. help assistance to stop. Um, right. from what I've heard from you and about you, Cheryl, is that you just stopped one day right R right but i also can't stop when i start as well you know i do have that like i mean meaning like i can't stop in that moment 
But when I and I but I do make like when I make a decision about something, I make a decision about something. That's just my personality, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, for me, when I was drinking, it wasn't just one. That's not, you know, that wasn't the point. The point was for me to be uh, to get numb, you know, and not feel to get pretty messed up. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> no <pun laughs> exactly. And so getting numb was the point for you. It's almost yeah. like and probably not a conscious thought, not, oh, I don't want to feel. So I think I'll use some substance. No. Right. It, it right. just happened. Yes. But for you two, for AJ and Renee, when you would drink or use or whatever, what was the purpose? It Well, for for me, you know, the initial feeling was self-acceptance, you know, being able to, to, to like fit in with those around me. And obviously the people I would surround myself with were complete assholes. Looking back on it now, they were all horrible people. They were hanger honors, leeches. They just wanted to be around me because of who I am and what I do. But in that moment, I couldn't see that. As well as a lot of like self-hatred, um, low self-esteem, really not feeling good enough. I mean, that's always been yeah. a huge thing for me. And it's, it's, it's always been funny to tell people how insecure I am, even to this day, um, doing what I do for a living. Because they're like, how can you get up on stage and do stadiums and be insecure like how is that possible and but i you know i i i in the, in that same sentence tell them it's very possible because is, yeah. i'm telling you A lot of i know my i i know my feelings and i know my my you know heart and i am an insecure person i'm getting better but with it but i like but, what i like what dr wexler said is it's not a conscious thing it's right. not like oh my god i'm feeling so insecure and that champagne looks really good it's not like right. that it's mm-hmm. this subconscious kind of i know my my shoulders drop i don't i don't get into my head about where do i rank in the social ladder mm. here at this party yeah. you just re, you, i just knew that once i drank Everything got silly. Everything got fun. I, w- I wasn't, you know, stressed out, right? So, so there wasn't yeah. this connection, and and it wasn't like the first time I drank, I was an instant alcoholic drinking type yeah, of person. Do you know what I mean? At first, it was social and fun mm-hmm. and gradual, yeah. and 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 if inevitably, I ended up struggling trying to get um, sober for a long time. I went to fourteen rehabs. And, and, you know, along the way, I just kept saying to myself, I've just done it wrong. I just need to figure out the right combination. But every single time, once I started, I'd end up drunk or super high passing out. And, you know, I, the topic to me is very important because from, from what I understand over the years, it's that it's something that's self-diagnosed, right? Mm. I, I, I used to go to a therapist at one point and then her husband became my sponsor at the time. And one day he said to me, I don't think you're an alcoholic. I think you're an episodic drinker. I think you drink when certain episodes happen. And I just looked at him and I said, you're so fucking right. Because <laughs> I wanted to still have that and so door you, that, open. And then you had a drink? <laughs> and then I drank oh, again yeah. and then I drank <laughs> and got smashed again, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. Well, you but, know what's interesting about that is that that the we use this manual called the DSM to help us diagnose people, and I'm not really right. that into diagnosing people, right. but it 
used to have these two categories of substance abuse or substance use, or, or and then it was substance dependence or substance addiction. And so they did this different versions of this, this psychological manual. They talked about abuse versus dependence and use versus abuse. And this last version of the DSM, this manual, they decided this was way too complex and they had to form an entire group of psychologists to discuss it for years to decide how to diagnose people with this. Because yeah, when you go to AA or you go to some kind of 12-step program, you self-diagnose. And very rarely does a therapist say, you have this specific diagnostic right. abuse issue. But right. generally speaking, the way psychologists look at it is how much does it interfere with your life and that is part right. of how you diagnose if someone's a true addict or not. Totally. Do you get up and go to work every day? Does your relationship yeah. suffer for it? You know, those kinds of things. Yeah, you do get up and go to work every day, Cheryl? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th I guess like, I mean, I, I was always on, I mean, always on time. Nothing stopped me from working. Um, but I can say the same for AJ, right? Didn't, isn't yeah, I mean, like, thing? you know, for, for me, it worked until it didn't. Is right. the, if that's just the, that's the A to Z to it for me exactly. is that I was able to show up. I was the first one downstairs to get on the tour bus every single morning, but I was the last one to go to bed. Uh, vocally, I sounded great on stage for years. I kept it a, a lie from my bandmates for at least two years. And then, like I said, it worked until it didn't. Then it started to affect my singing, it started to affect my performance, my relationship with my bandmates, my relationship with my family, mm. the, you know, whoever I was dating at the time, which, I mean, they were cuckoo like, anyways. On the, They were cuckoo on their own time. But like, you know, it, 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 it truly became this like battle in my head where I could not ever truly say I'm an alcoholic. It took me right. until this go around to finally really truly admit that, which is the first step of the 12 step yeah. program. I mean, for and, me, it was you know, more about my father passing away, I think. And it was like, now that I'm like thinking about it, it was, um, and then I started like, it started not working right anymore. It was like, there was so much vodka inside of me that like there was no, what I just peed. I mean, there was like, I felt completely normal and it was scary. <laughs> um, but like it was, I was very, I was very much a functioning drunk. Um, and alcoholic, I guess. And, you know, it just became worse and worse and worse, right? It was, no, nope, that didn't work. So then let me try, you know, something else that will make me feel good about myself. And then my thoughts started taking over a little bit. And I started like messing up in like on Dancing with the Stars during performances. And I kind of blamed it on the substance, I guess. And um, it was really hard for me to stop the substance because then my thoughts kept getting louder. I was just going to say with what you said, AJ, it worked until it didn't. It's that you, that was potentially the line where it goes from dependence to abuse or use from, from use to addiction in psychological jargon. And right. when it started making your voice not as good or you couldn't handle your relationships as well, you know, or like Cheryl, you were saying if you, when your father passed away, it didn't, it probably didn't numb you out enough. That's when people sort of go, okay, I'm going to do more of it, or I'm going to stop doing it. And if you can say, I'm going to stop and you just stop, I think you're probably not an addict. Hmm. 
my question to you was, uh, me being an alcoholic addict, were you a, have you ever been able to convince someone that they are an alcoholic? And that they need to go to 12-step? No, not, I mean, one thing is to convince them to go to rehab, right? I've done that before with people. Okay. The other thing is, have yeah. you ever been able to convince someone that they're an alcoholic? Do you know what I mean? Where but, they actually change so their the mind short about answer, themselves. They have to be ready, though, to be able to hear it. To, right? Yeah. But yeah, the short answer is yes. And there's kind of an interesting story. I actually just spoke with someone I've worked with recently and I worked with a lot. I worked with them long ago, but I spoke with them recently and they said, I remember when, you know, the first few weeks we were working together and you said to me in this very subtle way, I kind of think that drinking is having some impact on your life and that was kind of my introduction to the concept and little by little week after week we talked about well do you think that all the drinking is affecting how your girlfriend sees you or how you did on that job interview and I just started pointing it out little by little so I didn't convince him he was an alcoholic but I pointed out little by little all the ways it was impacting him negatively and eventually he said so do you think I should stop drinking Right. And that's when I said, why don't you go to 12-step? So it was sort of the consequences, right? It Usually for yeah. us, it takes consequences to finally get to a place. I used to think, because I've never stood in front of a judge, or I, I didn't have financial issues, and the, the girl wasn't yeah. leaving me. I'm like, don't talk to me about my life's unmanageable. Are you kidding me? Look at my cars, blah, 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 and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, <laughs> it wasn't till I was at a place... Uh, internally where I just said, I, 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 I can't keep doing this. And then little by little, yeah. I started understanding about alcoholism and then realized, oh my God, if I take a good, honest look at myself, everything that describes an alcoholic is me, right? So I've known people that have been able to stop that were alcoholics and I've known people that were able to stop that weren't alcoholics. That was, that was my question. Uh, that was my question. I was like, how do ad- can addicts stop when they want to stop? But clearly they can. So, yeah, and, and I'm sure you're all, you're all aware, obviously, probably, you know, the, the jargon and the lingo of 12 step better than I do, but that you, in your program, people can stop, but if they don't work the steps and they don't deal with their actual emotions and process their shame and all their feelings, then they're not really recovering. They're like, right. I, in the, back yeah. in the day when I was training, they called that a dry drunk. I don't know what they call yes, it. Yes, these yes, days. yes, exactly that. Yeah, which is exactly like for me, when I got sober in 2001, you know, I put together just shy of seven years sober, but I was white knuckling it. I was a dry drunk. I started yeah. going to meetings every day and then that became four days and then two days and then one day and then no days never got a sponsor never read the big book never did any kind of step work at all i just decided to stay abstinent from alcohol and then it literally took a fight between a bandmate of mine and his security guard nothing to do with me it stressed me out i left their room went to my room to put on a movie at four in the morning because I was so amped up and wanted to scream. So you watched a and movie? I, and I popped a movie on. I opened up my mini bar and I just didn't look and grabbed what I thought was a Coke. It was a Heineken. And I said, you know what? The hell with it. 
I'm going to have one beer. And I did. And I didn't touch alcohol for three months. Wow. That's when the shift happened in my mind going, oh, maybe I can actually control this. Maybe, you know, and then, of course, it was like, you know, zero to 100 instantly once I picked up again. That's how the relapses happen, right? That's how they happen to so many people. They have one drink or they use the drugs once and they go, no, I can do this. I can handle this. But and I, don't even, I don't even, time. Yeah. I don't even think twice yeah. about alcohol. Like I really don't, I'm not craving it. Nothing like I, you can drink in front of me all day long and I'd be fine. Um, but also I have a question. Do addicts or do non-addicts, are they, can they do the 12 step program as well? Well, there's a lot of different 12 steps. Yeah. There's Al-Anon, there's adult children of alcoholics there's so many right. different yeah. ones but they're all the same steps it's all yeah. it's all about i mean if getting i do it like, i want to do it with you guys like <laughs> like dr wexler said it, it, if you haven't dealt with your traumas and all your issues for me see there's no difference between me and your average person that also has traumas mm -hmm. the difference with me right. is i turn towards drugs drugs or alcohol to numb out mm -hmm. those bad thoughts or feelings right where other people right. don't right mm -hmm. for and so for me the, the going back to the diagnosis it's like there there's there would be one way to find out if you are or not right you you could try drinking again and see how that goes right <laughs> yeah. but uh -huh. i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend that yeah, no. in case you are my wife stopped drinking 13 years ago I don't think she is in alcohol. That, that is my personality in general. Like when I put my mind to something and I'm just done, whether yeah. it be a relationship or alcohol, I'm done. Like it's really, and it, I cut it off pretty quickly. Yeah. It's yeah. Interesting. It's an interesting thing to think about people who have addictive traits versus being a full blown addict, because sometimes people who are really internally driven, they're very driven, ambitious, they're goal oriented, sometimes they look like addicts because they drive themselves to work too much and they drive everything they do, or they do to the paint. nth degree. Diamond paint, yes. Mm. Candy crush, a lot of people can relate to overdoing oh, yes. that. You know, people do that and then they, they question, am I an addict or not? But it, you can be driven and obsessive without being an addict. 100%. And it's yeah, a fine because that's, that's that difference between being an addict and having an addictive personality. There is that. Right. Because like for me, for me growing up, people kept saying to me, well, you know, you've got like an addictive personality. Like whatever it is, if you're into it, you give it 150%. But if you're not, you just throw in the towel. And so for years... I thought that's what I, that's what I, you know, had. That's, that's why I, you know, but the minute I drank, I fell in love with it. But I you also have drive though, AJ, like you have I that. I do, like, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. there's, you know, there's being passionate mm -hmm. <laughs> and then there's, you know, being a full-blown alcoholic. Uh, I yeah. mean, you know, so I'm, uh, my question to yeah, you, Dr. Also... Wexler, what is the difference yeah. do you think between addiction and addictive personality it, or is there a difference? Well, and you know, it's tricky because I do, I, if you look at somebody like you guys who, and many, many others who have had an addiction that starts to destroy your life, then you know, you're an addict. There's no way around it. 
But if you, I think, Cheryl, it sounds to me like from the bits I've heard, you have, it didn't destroy your life. It was, you know, maybe knocking at the door of destroying your life and in places, but it didn't get that far. You stopped it before it got that far. So if you can stop it before it gets to the point where it ruins you to some degree, if you can just stop, that probably means you're not an addict. I mean, it, it, did, it, that did ruin, it did ruin a little bit, but not like I didn't let it go like completely like losing my house and my job and my I, that didn't happen. I like um, what you said, doctor, that it is tricky. It is a very tricky situation yeah, it is. You it know, is. because, like I said, I've known people that are incredibly driven and can have a drink and they don't turn to it as a numbing device. Right. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't grab them. Right. I'm, I'm, That's right. I'm, uh, I know Cheryl is incredibly driven. I'm incredibly driven. AJ yeah. is incredibly driven. But driven with but, trauma maybe is different, right? Well, uh, what, well, uh, I was going to well, say Well, with obsessiveness is, too. Yeah. I'm obsessive. I'm obsessive too, without question. But my point is I've known people who are equally as obsessive as I am uh, that uh, uh, drugs and alcohol never grab them. But mm -hmm. I, I truly believe that if For they sure. kept if they kept drinking and kept drinking and kept drinking, there is a point, right, where where it no longer cares what we think. We, we're going to drink again. We need it. We're, we're physically addicted at some point, right? And so, so for me, yeah. it's like, let's say Cheryl, for example, the idea that maybe she would drink um, again and, and realize again, once she starts, she can't stop. Right. So I guess what I'm saying is it's it's a, it is very tricky yeah. to diagnose someone else and say, I don't think you are an addict, because then the question becomes, should they try it again? Maybe they overtrain because I right. used to do right. that. I used to come into AA, all my vain attempts, and then I, I would get this thought and I would think, oh, my God, what but if I'm not? Even, I, I was going to say the desire to do. This. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. What I was going to say. And, and again, I don't know if you yeah. are or are not. Right. Yeah. But right, for right. me. For me, I would stop and I'd go, I'd join AA and I did it. And then I, all of a sudden I'd get this thought, what if I'm not an alcoholic? What a tragedy that would be. I'm denying myself a drink right <laughs> yeah. now, you know? And I, uh, and, I think every addict says that at some point. I don't think I, every single oh, yeah. addict I've worked with has said to me at one point or another, maybe I'm not an alcoholic. Maybe I'm not yeah. an addict. Yeah. And, and well, that's yeah. the beginning I've of the relapse thinking. Yeah. So but many like, times there, I've said it like, nothing, oh. there's nothing that like is wanting me to think like, I guess it's not, I have a whole bar of alcohol stashed right here in my house, mm -hmm. right? There's never a time where I'm like, hmm, maybe I'm not an addict. I'm just like not into it. To me, it's the, to me, what defines an alcoholic is not whether or not you think about it. I've known people because I've been around the program for over 20 years mm -hmm. and I've known people, uh, there's many cases of people that came in and said that, I, I've had enough and they, they never obsessed again. They mm -hmm. never obsessed yeah. again. Mm -hmm. But to me, the definition is if you do start again, do you have control over mm -hmm. your drinking? Oh. And well, see, so, I would never you, drink but for it the is, taste. I drink for the effects. Neither did I. <laughs> Very well, yeah, alcohol. nobody does. It, uh, it, <laughs> so no, alcohol I, I guess I tastes horrible. Yeah. Cough syrup tastes horrible. I, I mean, my thing, you know. my thing is, is like, is like, if I don't have a feeling of being drunk or outside or numb, then there's no point of me even having one drink. 
That was me too. Which is, okay, so here's another piece of it that I've always looked at with people I've worked with. Um, they, they ask, people ask over the years, so do you think I have a problem? Do I have a problem with whatever substance or drinking? And one thing that's interesting with alcohol specifically, I'm curious what all of your experiences are with this, that when, when an addict drinks, often their personality changes from who they are when they don't drink. And then generally speaking, people who don't have a problem with alcohol, they, if they have a couple of drinks, their personality doesn't change. Mine changes. Yeah, yeah mine. So when I first started, you know, my drinking career, as I will call it, um, <laughs> I, my personality was pretty much exactly the same. I'm, I'm a very uh, outspoken, very charismatic person. That's exactly how I was. Now... Mm -hmm. When I started dating my now wife, uh, I changed my drink from from Jack Daniels to vodka, and for whatever reason, now I can think back. It's probably because the self hatred got worse and worse and worse. But I went from this happy guy to an angry drunk, to a groping guy, to the guy that would just grab people randomly Gross. in the bar, to like, you know, complete straight zero to blackout drunk, um, and it and and it it freaked me out because I was like, no, 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 no. I would like my, my friends would tell me the very next day, dude, you were an ass oh, last that's night. That's the I'm like, worst. No. That's the worst. I'm like, no, like, no, 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 no. Yeah. They, I'm, that's not the kind of, you know, alcoholic that I am in my mind. I'm like, no, no, I'm a fun drunk. And they're like, you were not fun in any way, shape or form. You were like a complete asshole. And please don't be like that again. Yeah. And it stayed that way up until literally up until I got sober a year ago. I was this angry That's the personality I was, change. I, so yeah. I was, I was a very, um, cause I am, I guess I'm an adrenaline junkie and I love like, and so naturally without anything, I'm, I'm much, I'm very much an introvert depending on who I am with, obviously in the environment that I'm in. But, um, most of the time, like I talking like this, like after we're done here, I'm going to be tired. I'm going to want to nap. Um, the talking, you know, like the social anxiety is the reason why I drink and I was a lot more outgoing and, at times so blacked out that I would say some crazy shit and wouldn't remember the next day and be reminded. And I was so embarrassed. Do you guys, there's one more little interesting like tidbit over the years. Um, I've met different alcoholics, obviously different types of alcohol would affect them differently. Yeah. Like some yeah. vodka yep. wouldn't do. Clear. Stay in the clear. Yeah, yeah, vodka would would make them happy and laugh, mm -hmm. and then tequila would make them violent. Mm -hmm. Tequila's got strange? its own category. Tequila is in a it has a mind of its own. Well, that's when yeah. I, that really I started. I started. I hated tequila. I switched Whoa. to tequila because the vodka wasn't working, and then I, anytime I drank anything dark, I projectile vomited and I would cry and then punch you. <laughs> wow. You know, and then and then I'm all of us. I'm you sure. When you were and I'm sure all of us, at least once, all right. of us were hovering over the toilet, Ugh. talking to God, saying, I promise I won't do this again. <laughs> and then the very next morning, you're having that, you know, that nice glass of Chardonnay, whatever it is. I have a question, Dr. Wexler. So mm -hmm. just because of the, the, like, let's just cut to current times yeah. right now. I'm curious, and obviously I'm not going to ask for, you know, names because I know all that stuff, but any of your you know, patients or people that are addicts that you are still dealing with. How, how, how have you seen this, this whole situation now with staying at home, all of these things, how much have you seen that affect 
them, number one, and, and, and then part two is, have you seen people that maybe weren't big drinkers <laughs> now are big drinkers because yeah. of this state of the world? Good so that is a great question. And I think it's something so many people have been talking about in different ways because, you know, I, I'm sure everybody's seen those TikToks of all the wine bottles and the alcohol bottles and everyone's trash since the pandemic started. Yeah. I, I mean, definitely people are drinking more since they've been on quarantine and yeah. people who don't have uh, addictive issues are drinking people who are addicts are relapsing people who were you know under control a lot of people are, are out of control they don't feel like they have any outlets they don't feel like there's anything to do but drink eat and watch tv and so, take it out on your spouse yes you're yeah right, you're also right, more divorces and babies being made whether you want them or not, there's babies being made. You know what's interesting? Okay, AJ, yes. you know what's interesting about that? Is statistically, when there is a quarantine in all of this, all of history over all of the, the world, in a quarantine, more babies are not made. Really? And you would think it would be like Wait, everybody's, really? you know, stuck at That's home. So there's a lot more sexual activity, but it actually turns out it's the opposite. Opposite. Yes. There and, and is, you know, do you, Dr. Wexler, I was going to say, I right? I guess it's because I have a handful of friends that are Maybe it was like a and one like, and done. Hey, we're having a COVID baby. <laughs> they, had, what, they had sex once and then, you know. Well, yeah. What, you know, it's, it, it makes sense to what you're saying, Dr. Wexler, because um, fear is what's really driving everybody right mm -hmm. now. Yeah. E economic insecurity. Yeah. And, and as the fear, the tide of fear rises, right? If they're prone to irritability and normally you know, have a little control, they end up hitting their wife or their husband yeah, or whatever, right? So domestic abuse. Domestic violence has, gone, abuse, domestic violence every, has gone up a right. lot. Yeah. Because of the fear, right? Yeah. Like, well, and there's, so I wanted to say this because, so what's happening with COVID is yes, there's a lot of fear and there's also people are being left with their feelings and no distractions, yeah, no, no distractions, outlets. 100%. Like you can't just go to the bar with your friends. You can't, can't go to the gym. The you can't theater. go to the movies. Yeah. And so people are stuck with their feelings in a way they never were before. That's I can't so tell true. you how many times I would say to, to patients over the years, I want to see if you can sit with your feelings for 10 minutes. Right. And they'd nope. say, but my phone's buzzing, but the TV's on, but yeah. my, yeah. yeah. And so now people are sitting with their feelings for weeks at a time yes. and they're yeah. losing it. And they're, so and they're, they're numbing. Their thoughts are like getting the best of them, and instead of yeah. using it to maybe well, yeah. um, I mean, work that's on why themselves. I said, I'm I'm so personally. That's why I'm so grateful that I took this opportunity to go yes. to go this way, to go inside yes. and go. Okay, dude, you literally have no excuse. If you want this the way you've claimed that you want it, now is the time to do it mm. and to go full tilt. And because you know, again, like you said. People are not comfortable necessarily with their own feelings because yeah. they can they can well, be distracted. Well, they do, don't have to deal with it on their daily basis. Do you know what I think about right. too is how fortunate, like let's say your clients, they're very fortunate that they can call you and talk to you about and these that things, they can right? afford to. Mm -hmm. can, that, that's what I mean. Yeah. That's a luxury mm -hmm. a lot of yeah. people can't afford. Most but, people, I would say, 
are dealing with this pandemic. Yes. Given the only thing they learned growing up, which most of it we know is dysfunctional, yeah. is, you know, it's like long line at the bank, go home and kick your dog kind of thing. You There's know a lot I mean? of different outlets, though, still, you know, that are not that are not costly, I guess. There is, but yeah. if you're not exposed to them, right? Right, think right. About, think yeah, about middle right. America. Like, to me, therapy, like, is a lot of people don't get that Well, luxury. a lot of people don't want to go because they think it's you're, you're mental. You have to be mental in order to go to therapy or yeah. a psychiatrist or a psychologist, whatever. Oh, that was me going to rehab. I thought I was going to the nut house. And I'm like, <laughs> right. I don't go to rehab. But <laughs> yeah, and it's it the opposite. The opposite, because exactly. if, if you have intern, enough internal strength, you'll go to therapy. If you have enough ability yeah. to be brave and look at your your issues, you'll go to therapy. To face it. And or I, guess to, I'm, I'm, I do feel, I feel like everyone should be in therapy. Or both. Yeah. <laughs> and, or 12 and, step. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I truly believe that, it, again, it's an economic issue. I think that there are people that would love to be able to afford to go see a right. therapist, you know? I, I definitely How about insurance? Think... I mean, insurance is also costly, I guess, too. It depends on who you're talking well, about. Yeah. There are a lot of low cost options in Los Angeles and all over the place. There are usually what we call community based clinics where they they give you therapy and they charge you based on your ability to pay. They look at your tax return or your income statement mm-hmm. and they do a, a percentage of that. I know in Los Angeles, there's yeah. places where you can get therapy for a buck one dollar also meditation their their transcendental meditation does something similar like that they see what your annual salary is and then they charge you based and then just something for everyone out there listening also to be aware of if if you maybe yourself think maybe you have a drinking and and or drug problem or if you know someone that is you can also reach out to the aa and the na central Mm -hmm. office that and i and and you know you could talk to another alcoholic or addict and, and also you know, now with Zoom, you know, I'm sure that they have a laundry list of Zooms that you can log into yes. and, you know, join, join a, uh, you know, sober, a sober group. So is, is your program free, you guys, uh, your 12 yep. steps? Yes. For fun and for free. But here, but here's the, here's <laughs> the thing. Part of why we wanted to do this podcast was exactly for yeah. that. For some, some people don't have the awareness. There's still a stigma attached obviously not just to being an alcoholic not just to being a drug addict but also even to uh therapy mm-hmm. i know that yes. there's there's people Absolutely. you know it, it's that old kind of ridiculous thinking oh a, a shrink and yeah oh, if i go to therapist and people find out they're gonna think i'm crazy mm-hmm. which is completely right. wrong and we know that right yeah, yeah I agree with it, it actually it uh, takes courage to be it able does to take courage you yeah. know one thing i was gonna say is it's very interesting when I did um, these TV shows where I was doing therapy with people on television. So like Tori Spelling and her and Dean McDermott, I did therapy with them. Yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking while I'm doing this, is this going to help people? What's this going to be like? I got tens of thousands of emails from people telling me how it changed their life, watching a couple in therapy, realizing that their marital issues were not, they weren't the only ones. Hearing how it worked, it made them feel like they could get therapy. 
yeah, this is how me and Anne met. She actually, it was me and my mother that was uh, in therapy and it, it was so intense. You guys, I have never, I, I, I'm still like shocked at how deep we got. I don't know if got. I could do therapy with, with my mom. Oh. That, that, that was, <laughs> well, I don't know. I look, well, cause look, my well, mom turned into a life coach. That, that, that relationship got really fucked up for a brief period of time because when I would call her, it's like, okay, are you life coaching me? Or are you being my mom right now? And now... Oh, yeah. My mom is definitely not a life coach. Now we have that boundary set where she knows when when we're seeing each other and we're on the phone, you're my mom. That's all I want from you is to be my mom. So... I can't wait to hear that from my kids. I can't wait till my kids ask if I'm being a psychologist with them or just being their mom not yet but someday i'm sure i do yeah. believe though dr wexler that if that were to air it would have helped a lot of moms and daughters and lots of other people oh so the, back to your point the yeah, therapy I, we did yeah. we did it for a tv show a, and it was then a sizzle yeah yeah to sell a tv show and then it yeah. didn't end up airing but no but it, it started powerful. it started my mom to want to go to therapy which it was did. great yeah did. oh another interesting piece of it which i mean is unique to a podcast or a TV show or something where there's a lot of people listening and watching is that some people are able to say things that they could never say privately to their spouse, to their friend. They feel like the, the microphone, the platform, the podcast, whatever gives them a voice. Yes. And accountability. and, And accountability. But what it really taught me was how many people don't feel like they have a voice in their own mm-hmm. relationships that they yeah, or they're scared they're scared to have one or ah. scared scared yeah. at, at their reaction as to you know what that's their spouse is going to think or whatever but um dr wexler thank you so much thank you yes. for coming on this went by so fast i could yeah. talk to you for five thousand hours as i have um, <laughs> in the past but yes, uh, where can people so where can people find you um in case you know somebody does want to reach out yeah well there's my website dr annwexler.com that's probably the best place to go uh dr annwexler.com and social yeah. media any social media I, you know to you be have a fair, twitter i started instagram about five days ago okay. so <laughs> you know um don't go down twitter. the rabbit hole dr wexler <laughs> you never know <laughs> and twitter i have a twitter account so what is your with, handles is it, is at, it at dr Ann wexler got yeah. it okay thank you so much for have coming a very on. happy holidays and thank, thank you, you so too. much thank yeah. you for taking the time Absolutely. Take care. Helping lots of people. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. All right, you guys. When we come back from break, we will be reading some of your emails. So thanks again to Dr. Ann Wexler. Thank you so much. Uh, And uh, we'll be talking to you real soon. Be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. 
I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, you guys, so now is the time during our show where we like to read and respond to your amazing emails that you guys always send us every single week. Keep sending those emails. We love to hear from you guys. Um, ask us literally anything that you want to know, and we will obviously do our best to answer uh, honestly and as real as we can. So, um, yeah, let's see. should we start with Sandy? Yeah, let's go ahead. Um, go ahead Sandy, thanks. Thanks, AJ. Uh, Sandy uh, is asking I'm not an addict, but my hubby is a smoker and spends way too much money on smokes. He stops for a few weeks, months, then starts again. I've always said you can quit if you really want to. And I guess deep down, he just doesn't want to. Any suggestions? Coming from us, AJ, I mean, it's pretty public, right? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm still a smoker. And, yeah. you know, I was uh, a smoker. I'm not, I'm not proud to say that, but, you know, and my kids give me crap about it all the time. But, um, you know, it's funny because uh, not that he may or may not be down for this, but there is actually Nicotine Anonymous. There is a a a support group. Yeah, uh, but even before that, like smoking. he has to want to quit. If he doesn't no, want to quit, then he doesn't. Like, he's not going to quit. I quit cold turkey for a year. It was New Year's Eve, nineteen ninety eight. 
Um, and then I picked up a smoke again a year later um, because of one of my producers. That's a whole other story. And it's pretty damn funny, but I don't want to bore you guys. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, I mean, again, like, like you know, Cheryl said, you, you really kind of have to want to quit. I think the more you force it, the more he's going to want to continue smoking. But the um, fact that he can stop for a few weeks and months, maybe he's not addicted to smoking. Maybe he just smokes because he feels like smoking at that time. At that so whenever. nicotine addiction is real. It's yes. real. Your body, it, psychologically, physiologically, you get addicted to nicotine and it's really hard to stop. I know a lot of people that start and stop, start and stop, but you just said it, Cheryl. If you don't want to stop, no one's going to be able to make you stop. That's mm -hmm. the sad truth. And like AJ said, there were times when I was a smoker, I would go see my mom, and I'd be inside the house talking to her for an hour, and then she would say, honey, when are you going to stop smoking? And I'd go, oh, thank you for reminding me, and I'd go outside to have a cigarette, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, it, the minute someone tells me to stop or would tell me, you know, it causes hardening of the arteries and lung disease. Like, Great, and this let and me that. have one. <laughs> you need one immediately because it's, uh, a cigarette, I've called it magic hands. Like you're stuck in traffic, someone's yeah. giving you a massage. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, you, I agree. You get news that you don't like, someone gives you the massage, yeah. and then someone says, you don't get those magic hands anymore. You know, Or, so or it's like a fixation. Like for me, it's a fixation. It's either a cigarette or whatever versus like a bag of Doritos. or It's, it's like constantly having to um, do something. Oral but fixation. I, you know, you, oral fixation. You know what I did yeah. though? I got hypnotized. Yeah. And um, I, I mean, I was a heavy smoker and um, I started back when I was like 18, 17 years old. Um, my dance coach was I thought it was cool. So then I started doing it with him and it, it is addicting. And um, I definitely have uh, the the hypnotist did help. I, it was like three sessions. Um, but then I discovered jewels. <laughs> yeah. And I do have to say that, you know, jewels are even more for me, even more addictive than you actual. don't have to go outside. Well, yeah, you don't you have do to do whatever you right, want. Right. Sandy, Sandy, I will, I will make one suggestion. Um, something that some of my friends did. I, it, it did work for me for a brief period of time, but also I, I bottom line is I wasn't ready. Toothpicks, flavored toothpicks does help kind of curve that that want of that cigarette. So I have a question it, though. He only does it every few weeks and months. He only smokes like every few weeks. So I don't think he's addicted to cigarettes. I think he just wants no, to have a cigarette once in a while. No, but he's addicted to the nicotine though. Unfortunately. But if he can quit for a few weeks and months, like he stops for a few weeks and or months even, she said. She just doesn't like it when he like starts up again. Well, and it's it's a very costly pro, uh, habit as well because the uh, price of cigarettes have gone way up. So, yeah. anyway. well, I wish you the best of luck, Sandy. Hopefully you, you send him to a hypnotist. Work it out. Yes. Uh, and we have one more question from Jessica. AJ, what can the fans do for you on the next tour that would help with your sobriety? Will it help to see signs and hear words of encouragement while it shows? Or would that be too much pressure for you? Um, well, first of all, Jessica, thank you for the kind words. Um, no, it would. It definitely would not be pressure for me. Um, and to be honest, there really isn't much you guys can do except what you've already done this entire past 27 years, which is just be supportive, just be understanding. 
um, and just be the amazing fans that you are. Um, you know, but look, if you guys want to pop up signs showing love and support, I'm not going to tell you not to. I think that is absolutely very sweet. That's um, very sweet. And it, that is also very encouraging because, you know, again, not every day is, 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 you know, unicorns and freaking daffodils. You know, I can wake up on the wrong side of the bed and the thoughts can, you know, sometimes get the better of me. But, uh, it would be kind of nice, I think, to look out in, in, into a sea of people and see, yeah. you know, you've, you've got this, whatever it is. And, you know, so thank you for even considering that. I think that is super sweet. Yes, so very sweet, Jessica. I appreciate that, Jessica. Thank you. And Bubbles is back in my crotch. Here we go. <laughs> he is obsessed with my crotch for some reason. Uh, and Bubbles, you guys, for people that don't know, Bubbles is uh, Renee's dog. So, and not um, a and not and, Michael's. And he's not gym. he's not naming his crotch Bubbles. Yes, my no, my crotch <laughs> is not called Bubbles. That nor would be should really it ever be weird. But 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 nothing. No, I would say nothing wrong with calling your crotch Bubbles. Crotch bubbles? I, okay. I don't know. I mean, uh, no, no right, judgment. It reminds me of one of my dad's strip clubs called Bubble. Bubble bath, bubble bitches, one of the two. <laughs> bubble bitches? Okay. Oh my yeah. god! He owned strip clubs in Thailand, but that's a that's whole other right podcast. To the point right there. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. God. Rest in peace, Dad. Okay. There you go. Well, listen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like we're just going to move on from that. We're just going to go somehow. from uh, bubble bitches. <laughs> I'm to, telling you, uh, it's a whole podcast. We got to move on. Well, yes, and we should do that because so, I think we've piqued people's interest. Oh, right yeah. now, now we have to talk about bu- bubble bitches. Um, it's like, okay, so anyways, uh, to both of my amazing co-hosts and friends, I love you both. I hope you have a wonderful and merry, merry Christmas uh, with your loved ones and be safe yes. out there. Same to in you, the AJ. World. Thank you. And Rochelle and the two little girls, love them. I'm going to start diamond painting for them. Please tell Matt, uh, Merry Christmas. Yes. And, I and have same to with your wife, Renee, and your th- daughter. Thank you. And and same to Matthew and yourself. And you. I do want to say how grateful I am to have spent, you know, good part of this crazy year mm-hmm. processing it with you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yes. pretty much what it's been, right? Same. Yeah. It's, it's no, our this own is, therapy. I, totally. I, I look forward to all of these uh, weekly podcasts because it does help. It's very yeah. therapeutic. What are you guys for doing sure. for, for Christmas? Are you guys going to chill? Yeah, my husband's actually shooting a movie right now and he's like, He's, it's like a full-on action movie, so he's exhausted. So we're going to just be chilling. We oh, have to buy man. another real tree because uh, we f***ed up and it, and, it, and it died. Oh, so, no. Wait. Yeah. What? That means you have to just start. I don't start. know if we just didn't water it enough or we didn't put the chemical thing no in. No more like real trees. Food. Fake trees. Fake trees. Fake so trees. So I know, but it does, it does still smell great in our house, but I don't want to set our house on fire, so we have to get rid of it and start over. It's speaking awesome. of which, you guys... I one time let uh, pur- purposely lit a dry tree on fire outside. You guys, those things explode. Do not do that. Don't try this at home, kids. I, yeah, yes. do not. Yes, do not do this at home, kids. Um, I was great. Yeah. Now my girls are going to want to try it. And great. See what now we're going to no, burn. No, no, I'm going to no, burn that's, my tree. That's why I bring it up because I was a I was a non-believer. I would hear people say. The risk involved with dry trees staying in your house long after Christmas. I was like, ah, oh, let's see what. How I about fake blew. trees? Have you ever tried that? We we've had we've had both. Mm. Those I'm sure wouldn't. They explode. probably wouldn't. They wouldn't explode. We've yeah. had fake. We've had but real. They smell bad though. It's that it's it's that burnt plasticky yeah. smell. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's not. But I have a bunch of Christmas candles. I gave you one, AJ. It smells. Yes, like which Christmas. by the way. 
the 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 uh, what is Fra- it? It's the Fraser fur. The Fraser fur. Oh my god, that's in my living room. That thing is lit Magical. daily. Oh god, it's such a good smell. I have like twenty of them lit. And I have the to give you green one, Renee. One that you gave me two. That's in our kitchen. That one smells fantastic too. Thank you for that. Of course. By the way, you guys, sure. everybody out there listening, have a freaking merry Christmas and. Y'all keep be listening. Safe out there. Keep listening. Keep We're listening, loving. Keep tuning in. Doing this and give us five stars and subscribe. And Santa will give us five stars, so that means you guys have to. So yes, you exactly. Go. And tell your friends and family. Come Otherwise, join us. Otherwise, you're going to be on Santa's naughty list. So don't. Yeah, that's right. No Christmas right, you guys, for you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Pretty Messed Up on iHeartRadio. Until next time. Happy holidays. Boom. Follow Pretty Messed Up on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.